Now then, we're back. How we diddling? Just before we jump in this week, I've got a couple of little requests. If you're enjoying the podcast, please just nip over onto iTunes and leave us a cheeky little review. And also, please tag and share us with like-minded friends. And on another note, I have a couple of my friends that give me a bit of stick because of my systems. They work, they save you money, and they help your business run smooth. There's a great podcast I listen to, chap called Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO. He explains in one episode how systems work. I'll put it in the show notes. But back to this episode, we have the fantastic Matt Ratton of Prime Finish Cambridge joining us. So, you know the score by now. Put on your headphones, grab yourself a brew, pick your feet up, and as always, both myself and Matt, I'd love your feedback. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators, with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. On this week's Bobcast, we have Matt Ratton, also known as Prime Finish Cambridge, because obviously you're based down in Cambridgeshire. How are we doing? Good. Good, Good. yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Just back off holiday, sir. I've been struggling for the last two days. I'm shattered. <laughs> Take a week to get back into it, won't it? It will, yeah. It's the only thing with holidays, is it? Yeah, you need an holiday to get over your holiday. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but um, I was... How's work going for you? Is it keeping busy? Busy, yeah, very busy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think everyone's everyone I speak to is in the same position. Just, um, just constant work. It's just constant. Just, do you think we're heading into a recession? I, I'm starting to think now with fuel prices. Uh, yeah electricity prices you know everyone's starting to feel the pinch a little bit um i think it will it will affect us yeah um, but luckily for us most of our customers are relatively wealthy um, I, I was just going to say i think if you I've, I've said it many times it depends on your customer base if you work for people with money you'll be all right you know i, th- I think yeah, it's the other so, pe- people like us ourselves aren't massive amounts of money when that next rise comes in in october you're going to feel pinch and start cutting back on sky subscriptions luxuries like decorators and stuff like that exactly yeah yeah Yeah. but um yeah luckily kind of touch wood um yeah most of our most of our clients doesn't seem to to be affecting them so if if you follow socials i think some signs are there already because I think for some people it's quieting down because I've seen odd posts ping up now. Is checker trade worth investment? Is rated builder worth? Okay. And I think a lead slowing down. So people thinking, well, if I go and check a trade, I might get some leads because it's quietening down a bit. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I've never, when I first started, I was, um, was on my builder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a similar kind of thing to checker trade. Yeah. There's my builder um, rated. Builder, yeah, there's a but, fair few in there, and it, it it started off okay, um, but yeah, it soon turned out that it, it just it just wasn't for me. So, so yeah, I've not used one since. I get the old phone call from Checker Trade. Um, Do you want to join yeah. three months 
free. <laughs> what is it? It's like £100 a month or something. Um, I think it come up on Bros at Brush Group today. Somebody asked about it and I, I left. I left. It must be two or three years ago I left and I was paying 72 quid a month. And then they brought this thing in called Managed Numbers where you had to have a different landline with your area code that went through them. And I thought, that just looks dodgy. And it was going from 70-odd quid a month to 99 plus fat. So it was for me, it was going up about 45 quid a month, and that's when I left. And to be honest, I've never looked back. You know, it's it, it just got... When I started, I had two years on it. I think first year, I had about 25 grand off it. And my nearest competitor was 90 miles away. And they're like, oh, we're not going to flood your area. And then a year later, there were four others in my area, and they were higher up list than me, even though they had less feedback. Yeah. And I just thought, this is game. So I just left. Uh, yeah, no, it worked. You know, it did work in the, in, the, in the short term for me. It got me a few customers, and then off the back of that, I've got a few more customers. So it, it kind of helped to get me going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the jobs that are then coming up on there are, you know, people wanting their room painted for a hundred quid, and, and they want it done next week. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just rewinding a bit. Who was in the Ratten household? So there's myself, uh, Julie, my wife, and two kids: William, who's thirteen, and Olivia, who's nine. Is it is your lad's the one that's a keen swimmer? In it is it your lad that's at that swimming at our five in the morning? He does, yeah. So they both swim now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's been swimming competitively since he was eight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my daughter's, i say she's nine, and she's just started to have her first few galas as well. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to so. not push him into it, but coax my lad into it because he's a pretty good swimmer. And yeah. he's, he's very competitive, whereas my daughter's a very good swimmer and she's not competitive. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying yeah, so, to sort of coax my lad into joining a swimming club. Yeah, so my son is ultra competitive. If you, you're even going for a walk, he has to be at the front. Yeah, um, that's what my lad's he does, like. He has to win. Yeah. Um, it's so, not yeah, a bad thing. He, he's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not yeah. um, daughter's not so competitive, um, but she she's naturally a good swimmer. Yeah. See, that sounds like my kids. Yeah, same scenario. Yeah. I think I think so, when my yeah. when my daughter finished the last but it is, lessons, it's, um, she was doing sixty-five lengths in forty minutes, which weren't bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I think on a on an average um, session, so William swims either an hour or an hour and a half. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, next be swimming up to two kilometers. That's a lot. Um, yeah. He's yeah. in the pool six days a week at 13. He's got to have a passion for it to be in a pool that often, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, my kids love it, but they're not in it that often. I mean, we went on holiday and they were in, my little lad didn't see every opportunity he got, jumping off boat and a lot yeah. like, but it's uh, six days yeah. a week's a lot of dedication, isn't it? So the last holiday we had, which is obviously pre-COVID, um, that we had a 25-metre pool. And I always used to pretend that I couldn't beat my son at swimming, but now I actually can't. So, um, <laughs> yeah, even over 25 metres, he absolutely nails me. Yeah, um, yeah it's, um, it's amazing. 
Like, yeah. There's so many kids there, so dedicated, and you've got to be dedicated to, you know, I wake him up at quarter to five on a Monday morning, um, get him to the pool for half five, and, yeah, he's there until seven o'clock, comes home, has his breakfast, goes off to school, oh, comes boy. back, and he's generally got kind of workouts to do in the evening as well. That's proper dedication, is that, isn't it? Jesus yeah. Christ. I, at that age, you want to go. I mean, yeah, I do it now. Not swimming. I'm up at quarter five gym and what have you in routine. But at that age, I, I started that about two or three years ago. Yeah. You know, at that age, I wouldn't have been interested. No, but it, it keeps him off the streets as well because he's, you know, he's, he's training in the evenings as well. So yeah, it stops him hanging around on street corners. Yeah, my kids don't hang, my, my kids don't go out. The proper own birds, yeah. no interest in it. Okay. You know, we have to push my daughter to arrange to go out with her friends. You know, we'll drop her in town and probably about five times a year and that's it. You know, the uh, they like to be at home, my kids. Some bizarre reason. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I think if yeah, if he wasn't swimming, he probably would be out and about a lot more. Um we live quite central in Cambridge, so there's uh yeah, big park near us. Yeah, to get over there. Um, so yeah, he'd definitely be hanging around over there if he wasn't swimming. Getting yourself in a bit of bother. Exactly. So, so your story in business. How did you get started in decorating? So I was. I originally trained. I done a um, apprenticeship in lithographic printing. Yeah. Um, and then kind of made my way up management role. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, a big printing company running 24 hours a day, six days a week, production manager, quite a stressful job. Um, and yeah, lithographic printing was starting to die. Uh, the digital kind of age was taken over. Yeah. So I was kind of looking for a way to get out. And I, a friend of mine, I think it was his cousin, had like a carpentry stroke building company. And there was various kind of trades, but they didn't have a decorator. And um, just went in a bit with him kind of laboring and stuff. And I, yeah, was okay at it. I started working under him for a bit. He was kind of an old school decorator. And the previous guy said, look, you know, we need a decorator kind of in our groups. Why don't you just set up and, and start off as a kind of sole trader? And that's how it started. Yeah. But um, I think as you've mentioned many times on here, you don't really get much help setting up your own business. And there's so many. So many pitfalls to fall there? down. Yeah, I'm I'm so, going through yeah. it at the moment, trying to trying to educate myself on QuickBooks. Okay, because we've all got to be tax digital, aren't we? Yeah, I'm on zero. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah, so it's, hard work is zero. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got my head around it. I'm I'm just used to it now. Um, but yeah, made many many mistakes early on. Um, took on some pretty big jobs whilst I was definitely still very green. Learned a lot quite quickly. Yeah. Um, got a little bit out of control at one point. Um, and it's all, then, it's yeah, all experience. Kind of, it's all learning, isn't it? 
one way or other. It is, it is. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just kind of brought it all back down again, made it a much kind of smaller company and just started focusing on stuff I wanted to do. And, yeah, then more recently, just trying to push more and more kitchens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah constantly just trying to find find my niche. Um, and Yeah, good jobs that pay the money. Yeah. So would you say that's been your lowest point then where you sort of, I suppose for want of a better term, you probably grew too big too quick and were taking big jobs on when you weren't fully there in the mindset of what to do on it? Um, my lowest point in the decorating uh, journey that I've had so far was a run-in with a VAT inspector. Ooh. Yeah. I can, I've, I've had a running with tax man, but I'm not VAT registered. So I can okay. imagine a running with VAT is, you know, with the VAT side of it, is probably 10 times worse than tax man. Yeah. So I, I should have registered for VAT and didn't. Um, so yeah, I won't go into too many details on it, but um, I, yeah, should have registered for VAT and I hadn't. And by the time that, found out that i should have done it's about seven months down the line so um yeah big schoolboy error yeah um but we or my accountant at the time wrote to hmrc um and get an, an exception yeah so you write to them and say look it was a mistake um you know we're not planning on being over that threshold you know the money's now back down below the turnover's below and just crossed our fingers a um, month later, got a letter back from HMRC saying, thank you for your letter um, dated the date that we sent it off. We can confirm that your case is closed. Perfect. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Three years later, better <laughs> yeah. from BAT inspector saying you've done uh, two tax returns which show that you should have been uh, BAT registered. Um, so I went back and said, look, this is what happened. And he's like, no, that's the wrong letter. They've sent that out in mistake. Um, basically, you should have registered for VAT three years ago. Um, and we want to calculate how much VAT it is that you owe us. So yeah. it worked out about 40 grand. <sighs> yeah yeah sole trader was that was that that not, that not down to your accountant then because he should have spotted that you should be that registered yes so my first accountant wasn't he was it was someone that i knew so it was a friend of a friend yeah. and he worked for um, a company as an accountant and then he done kind of other books on the side and it was all a little bit lax and yeah, it should have been spotted earlier. Um, and he should also have that came back wasn't the response that we should have got. Yeah. Um so and pear shaped, I showed it to him and he's like, You really need to be getting on top of this. So we or I swapped account and swapped over to him. We had about six months of backwards and forwards with this uh, VAT inspector trying all sorts of tricks to try and throw him off, basically. And um, 
to try and manipulate it. Yeah. But um but they were just wise to to everything that we were trying. They've probably um, seen it all before to be fair, haven't they? They've seen it all before. Yeah. Um but he then spoke to a um a financial lawyer and spoke to them about it and they said by law HMRC either have to give you an exception or they have to make you go VAT registered and they hadn't done either. So yeah. if they were going to pursue it, then you need to threaten them with legal action. And yeah. That's what my accountant done. And they dropped it. Oh, you were lucky there then. Yeah. Mine was Very for lucky. reasons. It was some. It was from when I split with my ex. Somebody was being clever. It wasn't my ex. It was something to do with her. And then there was a local accountant. We was doing new bills at the time. I had a few blokes work for me. And um, there was a local accountant, and he was using a loophole where every tradesman on site, Ricky, Joyner, a Sparky, it was, they were all using this one accountant. It was, his office was across the road from the tax office. And he was putting them all limited, putting the wives as directors and using that loophole. So there was yeah. watching everything, and then somebody rung up and grasped me up out of bitterness, trying to grasp me up, and it was a year of pure hell. Um, I was in the middle of buying this house, and they wanted to know how far under a far. You know, I sold a van on eBay. Ed Gasket had gone on it, an Astra van, one at Vans. I had to track the bloke down to Slough and get a letter off him to prove that he'd bought it and how much he'd bought it for. And you think, right, it's sorted now. You'd get home a week later, before emails, you'd get home a week later, another brown envelope from tax office wanting yeah. to know. It was a year of hell. And you go in, two people in there, because they have to have two. It's a bit like police for witnesses. And one of them, I'll always remember, one of them went out of room, and I think she was called Jackie, if I remember right. She says, Chris, I know it worked. She says, because I know me other half Dave's at your house now, working for cash in hand, fitting your doors, because you were joining she says, but I've had this pot of my desk from York. I've got to follow it up. And she said that while other one out at room. And in end, they didn't find anything, but you have to pay them to investigate you. That's how it works. So you have to pay them. So it, it cost, I think, my me, me bill was five and a half grand for hours. But if you paid it in one lump sum, it come down to about four nine. So wow. it cost me four nine to get investigated, and they found out. Yeah, so, so I didn't have to pay anything because they dropped it, I guess. But, yeah, I would have had to pay all of the fees. Um, I, I don't know about that registered, but with my – because I, I changed accountants after that, and the one – everyone I know is called Chris. My accountant's called Chris. Some of my best customers are called Chris. And my accountant has this tax investigation insurance that you pay, 100 quid a year. Yeah. So I, I just deal with that with him, you know, and yeah. – he, he bends the rules, he do not break them, like they all do, no. you know, it's, yeah. it smokes and mirrors. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, yeah, I can imagine it was bad enough being just, I wasn't back registered then, I was just self-employed and had a couple of subbies, but I can imagine for that, they'd be even harsh on you. Yeah. You know, it's are. bigger they, fish, they isn't take, it? They take no, yeah, they take no prisoners. Yeah. Um, yeah, once they get their teeth in, and it was, they're, they're going through your, all your files, you have to have everything there. Yeah. Going through it like a fine tooth comb, just constantly letters backwards and forwards, phone calls. Stress, unwanted um, stress. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a few sleepless nights, definitely. Yeah, I think that's what, when we were talking pre-record, I said I've had three sleepless nights. I think one was during the tax investigation. 
because I was sweating yeah. waiting for my final invoice off them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, so on the opposite end of that, what's been your ice point? <laughs> I don't know, really. I guess, um, I guess, uh, you know, getting to do some of the work that we do and, you know, the guys that are, you know, creating these wonderful spoke kitchens and furniture and, and and then putting trust in us to to finish them for them. I guess yeah. I guess that really because you do some really nice kitchens and you turn a fair few of them out, don't you? We do, yeah, yes, um, yeah. I really enjoy I enjoy the kitchens. It's nice work. Um, people that we work for, you know, clients. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, a lot so- of job satisfaction, I guess you'd yeah. say. So what's your biggest struggle you have in business that you think, oh, could maybe, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, people say, oh, Chris, you're so on it with systems. I'll be honest, 95% of the time, and I was talking pre-record, my accounts is what I'm behind on. I'm trying to learn QuickBooks, I'm way behind on it. So what's what's your biggest struggle that you think, I could maybe up my game on that and improve it a fair bit? Um, managing. Um, managing the workload. Um, not taking on too much, and uh, as we discussed pre-record, uh, uh, um, you know, having staff members taking too much time off, short notice, um, can soon put your schedule right behind. Um, which then, you know, the bank holiday weekend just gone. You know, I work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it was um you know, it always seems to happen half term. I don't get to spend time with the kids. Yeah. Um, just because I'm trying to catch up on on where we've got behind, not necessarily through my own fault, but for people. To- yeah, you've got, you've got somebody that works for you and they're off weekend, but they think, oh, I want Monday off because I'm going over. So they bring up some shit excuse. Exactly. Yeah. Cats, so, cats yeah, manage, all, managing right? my workload. Um, I always say to myself, you know, don't take too much on, don't take too much on. But, yeah, it's difficult to say no sometimes. It's. I think that's the hardest point part. I've I've always, I've struggled with it in the past. Now I'm a hell of a lot better with it. It's fear of saying no because you think, what if there's no work next week? Especially when I went through the last recession. What if there's nothing next week? And then learning to say no as well. You know, because it hurts. It's like being shot. It's like, oh, I said no to a job. What if there's no next month? You know. And, and the, the general, the general stuff, as, as we discussed pre-record, you know, I, I don't pick the phone up that much now. I let it go to voicemail yeah. um, and just kind of check through my voicemails first, and, and then and then go back to customers. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's not that side of it. it. It's more you know the kitchen guys I'm doing work for. You know, I don't want to let them down. Yeah. So yeah, I'll often kind of squeeze another one of those in here or there and then um, keep it's, it's not the money it's keeping them happy isn't it it is yeah it is and then, and then sometimes oh you're doing the kitchen oh we've got this utility room we didn't mention can you do that wire in it it might be three or four days but then you've got to bring your next customer and say oh we're going to be three or four days late exactly. it starts spiraling then, doesn't it and then you get there and the customer's like oh do you do walls and ceilings and all general decorating uh, yeah yeah we do why are you here yeah, exactly. Do, do you get them that have got money that think they've got priority as well? Um, no, 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 not really. Um, 
No, so far, most have been pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I had one pull me up once, and he was like, "Oh, why are you here?" I says, "I ain't got time. I can't remember his name." I says, "I ain't got time." Do you know how much money I've got? I said, "Okay, you pay the same hourly rate as everybody <laughs> else. It don't make a difference." You know, and it, I've never worked for him since because he got a bit of a shitty on about it. Yeah, it could, sometimes like you go into places and you think, "Can they afford to have the work done?" Uh, and then you put your invoice in, and you know, within minutes, it's paid. Yeah. And then you go into some of these massive houses where there's, there's lots of money sloshing around, and you can wait in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I find them that have gone it got it like to hang on to it. Yeah, yeah my, my yeah, brother, in, my ex brother in law used to be like that. He used to say to me, "I wait till I get red letter, better in my bank than in theirs." That's how he used to run his. Yeah, there's a few that have got plenty of money and pay on time. But um, yeah, do you think it's because they're they've got a cushion, or you know they're not struggling? They think everybody else is in the same boat because, for want of a better term, they're not in touch with it. They think, oh, he'll have some money in bank. Yeah. He can afford to wait a week or two. I, I think some of it is like that. They're, they're just blind to it almost. But there are definitely others that I know um, who who deliberately pay late. Yeah. Because the money in their account is earning them um, pennies of interest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I know. I know a few that are. Although very wealthy, you know, counting every single penny. Don't um, don't get rich be giving it away. That's <laughs> no. what my old boss used to say. Don't get rich be giving it away. <laughs> so, so which brings you on to the next one, which is subjective. When did you realise you've made it? If you have made it, I don't think I have. Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, will we ever? Uh, or will you always okay. be chasing it? You what you earn. 80 grand this year, next year you want 100 grand. Will we ever make it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I've made it. Um, you know, if I, maybe if I was solely doing kitchens, um, having a bit more time off, then maybe I would consider that I, I'd made it. Yeah. For me, it's work-life balance and earning enough money to have an half-decent lifestyle. Yeah. And not have to worry about babysitting other people. You know, I'm about to be honest. I'm about there. I've been, I've been for a couple of years. You know, without without blowing my own trumpet, I'm about. There's some things I could improve on, but I'm about probably the closest I'm going to get <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to know. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kids don't get any any cheaper, do they? So it's that's constant. I read a thing years ago that saying something like from. Being born to 18, it costs you something like 80 grand per kid. And you can work that, and people say, oh, I'm, I can't afford to have kids yet. You'll never afford to have them. You just some, no. you just make through and muddle through. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I think early on, you know, there's a lot of, lot of money spent on buggies and nappies and clothes and toys, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, does phase out as they get older. But as they get older, the things that they want get more expensive. Yeah, so it's, it's constant, all, all, all black Converse trainers for school. In yeah. adult now, in adult size, because they've gone up to a size six of the clusters adults. Yeah, and then when you go out for a meal, it's not a kids' meal anymore. No, you know you can't get away with an happy meal. <laughs> no, no, yeah, my son, yeah, he refuses to eat off a kids' meal. 
Yeah, so my, my daughter, she don't refuse, but she's getting to the point where her kid's mealing enough. Okay. You know, some place, yeah. it depends how hungry she is. Majority of the time, she'll eat an adult meal. You know, but it's, it's like when she's getting into, you know, adult-sized clothes now, and you just think, that's getting expensive. You know, a pair of Converse, probably 55 quid. You know. Yeah. But, um, so where, yeah. where, where, right. do, where do you see Prime finish in five to ten years? Um, just doing kitchens hopefully yeah kitchens and, and furniture um, getting this workshop kind of up and running um, you know doing more work over here it's really close to my house so yeah yeah if I could be doing a bit more in the workshop um, and solely kind of kitchens and, and furniture yeah, yeah the, the easiest good. stuff for better money yeah, yeah, that's the aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm aiming at at the moment. Yeah, but um, if you could go back to the young Matt when you're doing the lithographic printing, you know, that's just starting out and give yourself some advice, Christmas Carol style, what would the advice be? Um, I don't know, really. Um, just to try and focus on, on what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Um, I've certainly, I certainly noticed more recently, um, you know, we used to do a lot of just general decorating, but that was what I, I advertised, yeah. you know, as a general decorator. And it's like done a few kitchens, liked it, and then started switching the socials over to, you know. Predominantly stuff. kitchen sort of stuff. Yeah, predominantly kitchens and and. You know, there's lots of other stuff that we do, but I don't load it onto Instagram and Facebook because I, I don't necessarily want more of that work. What I want is more of the kitchen stuff, and it yeah. definitely does work. Focusing more on what it is you want to do. Yeah. It, it Finding an easier there. such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, in early on in my self-employment, I would be telling myself to get myself a good accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's, I found that hard way. Yeah, ever since yeah, I've had a good account, it's worth have. his weight. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we said earlier, they don't teach you enough about business. They should have, they should teach you money handling at school, and then when you, any anything you do at college that you can go into self employed, whether it's a beautician, hairdresser, bricky, they should teach you a bit how to run a business as well as how to yeah. do the business. Yeah. You know the the admin yes. side of it. Yeah, there's more to it, and um, you don't get anywhere near enough help. Uh, HMRC, I think, could be a lot better. You know, even just sending out some kind of welcome pack of, of what what your obligations are. They just it's just so open and just so easy to. Surely, surely that'd save them money in the long run because they're not chasing debt. Yeah, yeah. But, but surely that pay for them. them. Debt and insurance uh, and interest. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So you you've mentioned you're a zero user. Are you yeah. um are you a tech person at all? Is there any tech you you've got that you think oh, I'd be struggling without that? Um, not overly. No, you know, I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy. So iPhone, um, iMac, MacBook, iPads watch uh airpods airpods watch yeah yeah 
I've, I've so, stopped at the headphones. I won't pay for the headphones. No. Yeah. The uh, Dan and Amaya. Sorry, you, you did have them, did? I've I've got AirPods, but okay. they've, they've got an over-the-head one now, haven't they? Oh yeah, no, I won't be getting one of them. Yeah, they're stupid money, and they look blooming ugly. But everything other than that, I've just gone, and it's Wes's fault. Wes Night. I've just gone to AirTags. Okay, yeah, I've got AirTags because I'm terrible at leaving my keys. I'm I'm getting worse as I get older. I've just bought a wallet and put an AirTag in it. Yeah, and got I've the got wallet, an AirTag keys. in my wallet as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. looking. This is how I know I'm going. You can get little plastic mounts that are 3D plastic that hold air tags that are inconspicuous. I'm thinking, is it worth getting one for each sprayer and putting an air tag on each sprayer? Okay, yeah. For 20, See, 20, wife bought, 20 quid a sprayer. My wife, bought, my wife bought me air tags, for, I think it's for Christmas or, or birthday. Cause I'm, like I say, I'm terrible. At, can't find my wallet in the morning. Yeah. Left my keys somewhere random. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, but she was saying, what was it? She was saying that people are putting them on their bikes, like underneath the seat. Yeah, you like know, you know, you know, on your forks where it goes up into headset, you've got that all a bit. Okay, you can buy like a rubber bung on eBay or a plastic right. one that people yeah. do three D, and you can put an air tag in it. You you can buy cat collars, dog collars, yeah. everything. But what somebody says to me is, what about like every fez tool? Just lift your liner out. And stick one on, on the side that liner in box. So if they go missing off your van, yeah. you know it's good call. No idea. But then, how many yeah. do you have to buy? But the thing is, if you are a, uh, but you can activate it, can't you? To say that it's lost. Yeah. Because so I've set one up on my wife's in my wife's name to have on her keys. And then when I take her keys, when I take the car out, my phone will say that there's a dip, someone else's air tag. Yeah, man, man does that. We're, we're the same. Donna's got one on car keys. And if I go out in car, it tells her she's away from keys, but it tells me I've got somebody else's. That's it. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was thinking, how do these work? And the Bluetooth, but phones give off a Bluetooth signal, but there's a bit that's encrypted. And apparently the air tags can use any phone nearby that's bluetooth to send you a signal okay so you could be in a yeah, pub the B- bt did it with wi-fi years ago i don't know if they still do where you've got a wi-fi but it split your signal and some of it was secured but if you was away from your house you could log into BTX, whatever it was and it'd yeah. use a bit of somebody else's wi-fi but you wasn't on their network it was just using a bit of their signal, signal. i think it does it Get on the same sort of coverage thing. yeah I think it does the same with Bluetooth. So if if you've left them in a pub and you're away from it, it bounces a signal around pub and picks up Bluetooth off people's phones to let you know where it is. But I was just wondering if if you stuck a air tag in a festival and someone's nicked it, and then they're driving down the road and they've got an iPhone, would it be saying you've got an air tag following you? Good thing I never thought of that. Yeah, that's they they'll be pull- apart. Yeah, they'll be pulling it apart looking for it. Yeah, never thought of that. Because you might not have known that it's gone. Because I think you can alert it, can't you, that it's gone missing. I've not got that far into I'm just going into all security. I've gone to blink cameras as well now. Okay. I've, I've them dotted around outside the house where the van, vans are, and actually have two vans. Uh, but they've just brought the blink doorbell out, which is okay, bizarre. Because yeah. it's, it's basically Amazon own ring and the own blink. Okay. But the blink doorbells are half the price of a ring doorbell. 
don't think Blink was around, or I certainly hadn't heard of it. We've got a ring doorbell, and then yeah. we've got a ring alarm system in the house as well. Yeah, it's uh, they're quite good. It's just if Mrs. is hanging it washing out, my phone goes blooming mental with notifications for back garden. <laughs> <laughs> you can switch it off, can't you? Yeah, it, it comes up if it's high activity. You can mute it for a bit. Yeah, so ours because we live on a main road, um, and it's pointing. We've got it pointing down as far as it can. It will pick up people walking just on the path. Yeah. So I've turned the sensitivity right down, so it will only pick up if someone comes into like our front kind of well, that, path how, area. Ours has a grid on it, and what you can do, you can open it up, and the grid will show you a picture at camera, and you can put like grey the grids out where the path is across front of your house, so it'll pick everything up by them grids. Okay. Which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but it announces it on Alexa every time somebody comes in at door now. <laughs> so, which uh, kids weren't impressed about when they were in bed. <laughs> no, so, but uh, are you a book reader at all? I am, yeah. yeah. I never was as a kid. Um, I never read many books at all, and I found it quite difficult. I'd, I'd just almost like be staring at a page, I'd read it and I'd forget it. Get to end at page and forgot what you've read. Yeah, so yeah. I'd go back over it again. Um, Three times I do it but, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm much better. The more and more that I've kind of concentrated on reading, I'm, I'm much better at it. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, do, I do buy a book um, every now and again. Uh, I'm just trying to think. And, and any recommendations? Uh, it's probably been said before, 5 a.m. Club. I don't you think it has. I've got it on my Kindle. Uh, but I've not yeah. read it yet. Have you not read it? No, it's, I, I took two books on holiday rather than my Kindle because I thought, I won't have time. I, I did them both before two weeks were up. So I thought, I've come back, my Kindle's here. Just charged it up. Yeah. And I thought, I need to okay. try, I'm going to try and just have half hour night reading a book. I did enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, 5am club, I enjoyed. Um, it's a little, um, but, but yeah, it's a good read. What else? I took uh, you in the 5 a.m. pub then. I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. With um, a swimmer in the, well, two swimmers in the family. That helps because I have to be up early anyway. Yeah. Uh, two of the days a week. But yeah, I've, I've definitely found getting up five o'clock in the morning uh, and getting my, you know, a uh, bit of meditation done quick workout um and then you know jumping on work admin yeah frees up a lot of my time in the evening with kids yeah, yeah. some people can't get their head around it well I, when i've spoke to them they're like why but to me i always say that two hours in the morning is worth four at night it, it it's is. more productive um, because you, you're almost sitting there waiting for the kids to go to bed yeah so you can jump on go and do a quote <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yeah yeah I found that's made a, a massive difference. Uh, getting up early. Um, I was never an early early bird um, when I was younger. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to be up. Because you, you up and out early. You follow the man coach as well, don't you? Like I do. I did. I think I saw you. You'd done it. I think I might have even dropped you a message about it. Yeah. Um, and I've done his five day. Yeah, his three five day thing, and then I done the twenty eight day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, 
it's just another one of those funnel marketing things, isn't it? It's like it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you it, you, you, can, you can take away from it what you can, but a lot of it is it's like business coaching, isn't it? It's yeah. It's a. It's. I'm trying to game on the podcast because I think some of it helps, but yeah. at the end of the day, some of it is a funnel, and you've got yeah. to try and separate what's what. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. I, I, I take some things away from it, but a, a lot of people are saying the same, aren't they? It's it's the same kind of thing, reworded. Yeah, yeah. Paul Moore, James Boardman, they're all similar. You know, yeah. there's a fair few. All, all, all they're doing. It's like business coaches. I, my analogy of business coaches is they go up to a golf course on a weekend, pick all all the stray golf balls up, and open a shop and sell them. The information's out there. All they're doing is collating it and putting yeah, it together yeah. for people that haven't got the time or haven't got the the notion to go out and look for it. That's free out there. You know, they're yeah. just putting it together for you. To make it easy, yeah, you know the bagging the veg up in Tesco rather than you buying a separate veg, yeah, you know? yeah. So I, I do follow him, um, yeah, listen to his little chats and stuff in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. good content. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, getting in that five a.m. Club, club, yeah, with the one third. book. So I always thought having that bit of personal time to yourself. I always thought it was selfish. When people say I want me time, I thought selfish, sod, but. That's the way I was brought up, and I think yeah. the way he explains it makes sense. It does. It yeah. does. Yes. Yeah. Um, by you having that bit of time, then you know they're getting a better version of of you. Yeah. Because you, your head's clear and you've switched off from work. You know, yeah. I, I did it on holiday. I had my phone, but I took a pad for if I had any anything I wanted to jot down ideas. I mean, yeah, I still jot some work ideas down, but I had a pad rather than keep picking my phone up making a note on my phone and then saying, oh, what's that notification? And then spending the next half hour looking at crap on social media. So, so do you follow it religiously? The, is, is, uh, the five, the, uh, the, the man coach. Man coach. No, I did it. I did the five day, did the 28 day and they were great, but I just, it's the same as anything. When I listen to podcasts, a lot of them are American, you know, the, the tradesman ones. You take nuggets and you tweak them to suit, mm. but I do get up and have the five, you know, the the hour to myself in the morning to do yeah. my thing, you know, and I don't feel guilty because everybody's in bed. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I take bits of it, and to me, stuff like that, it's all about taking bits and adjusting it to suit what you want, you know, and for yeah. your own needs, you know, because everybody's different. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, don't, it don't work for everybody. So, but uh, what was there any more books? Sorry, I interrupted you. Was there any more books you could recommend? That's all right. Um, there was a, a sniper, what's it called? Sniper One, um, which is a story about a sniper uh, battalion um, that went out to southern Iraq. Um, yeah, that was that was quite a good book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was recommended it by um, someone who was in the forces. Um, said it was probably one of the best detailed, scared kind of 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 the war. Um, so yeah, that was a good book. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, there's another one I'm reading at the moment. Um, 
what's it? Uh, happy, happy more, happy life. Mm, not sure on that one. Not a familiar Rang- one. Rangan, Rangan Chatterjee, I think the guy's name is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that came off of um, the high performance podcast. Do you listen to that at all? Not as I'm aware of. I'll make a note of that one. Yeah, so that's um, who's the guy off BT Sport? He does a lot of Zen in Jake. I don't Jake know. Jake <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I can't remember his last name, but he he he, uh, he does the Formula One, or he did do the Formula One as well. Yeah. Um, so it's him. All that one and, I know, Formula uh, One was Murray Walker, but he's sadly gone, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. showing me age but yeah <laughs> that, that's a really good podcast the high performance podcast yeah. um and, and they've got a book out as well called high performance i've just got into that diary of a ceo uh, what's it yeah Get can't remember his name came from steven. Manchester. yeah steven summit from manchester in moss side yeah he's yeah. on dragon's den now isn't he i don't know i've i've I was going to the gym and I was having music on. I got a bit bored of listening to music. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll look for some new podcasts and stick them on. You know, just short ones, like yeah. 20 minute, half an hour that you can either have it on at gym or on a commute to work. You know, that you're not yeah. like, some of them I listen to two hours, have them on at work. Oh, but yeah. I just want some on short that I can listen to on the trip. I'm not getting out at work. Bit like a book. If it was two hours, yeah. I'd have half hour drive to work, get out, listen to rest up way home, and forgot what they've said this morning. You know, so I prefer short bursts. Yeah, the the high performance podcasts they're they're generally around an hour, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but then, so they normally release one weekly, but then during the week they'll also do like a bite sized one. Yeah. Where they take out just like little bits. That that takes a lot of doing to do one weekly. Sometimes I struggle to get them out every other week. Yeah, <laughs> if it's if it's busy work wise, it is a bit. I, I love doing it, but it can be a bit of a pain and eat into your time. You know, trying to get it out every other week when you're up to your eyeballs in work, sort of thing, and pressures yeah. on. But yeah, I'm sure it can be. Yeah, you've got to be committed a bit to it. Yes, but um, what's best advice you can give for selling yourself that sets you apart? I mean, obviously, don't get all the trade secrets away in case any of your locals are listening, but... <laughs> um, I don't know, just, just be yourself. Turn up when you say you're going to turn up. Be smart, presentable. Uh, um, yeah. That's yeah. it, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where do you see trade heading? I think, it, I think it's going to get more more specialised, I think people will it will kind of splinter off and people will be specialising in areas um, I think there will be more recognition as well for painters. Yeah. I, think I was just going to ask that, do you think we're getting more recognition now as a, because for years we've been let's be honest, we've been bottom at Pilar they turn up with special mm-hmm. brew and the piss yeah. heads and you know but we're finishing trade, we should be near top you know, yeah. and, I think um I think even the builders are starting to switch onto it now because so many people are saying they don't want to do their work. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there, there are people that you know make their money just doing new builds and, and builders' work, and I'm sure there's some great builders out there, but it's, it's, it's certainly not for me. Yeah. Just being left with everyone else's crap. It's, it's, I call it bottom-up barrel work. <laughs> I'll do it if I've got no else. 
Yeah. Which thankfully I've I've not had to do it for what I think last time I did new builds were about I I used to do some for a little builder and even they were a pain because you'd get there and they weren't ready and I think last one I did for them was four years ago. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd rather do Mrs. Jones' front room. More appreciative. Yeah, I try, I, try, I try and avoid it as much as possible. Um, turn turn lots of work away, which is working direct for builders. Um, but then, you know, sometimes your clients having an extension, there's a builder involved and they want you to do the painting. And that's where it can just start getting a little bit difficult because, you know, the, the plasterer hasn't done a good job or yeah. the electrician's left his crap everywhere or... <laughs> chopped holes everywhere that he doesn't need to chop holes and then walks off and then you know, I'm standing there saying well the builder needs to sort it out the builder's saying that's a decorator that needs to sort it yeah. out yeah decorator needs to fill it yeah when your plaster's it's got so. silly like <laughs> yeah. it, it's getting worse and worse uh, you know some tradesmen just just don't care yeah they, they haven't no. got a passion for it have they? it's just a job that yeah. pays money and that's it. It's, you can walk away and leave some of the stuff that they leave. It's just, it's just shocking, really. Yeah. So what's um, so what's your favourite product or paint paraphernalia that you're currently into and loving? Um, probably my Stellmaster brushes. Yeah. Like the laying off brushes, the one series. Um, yeah, getting into those has been, you know, a big game changer for me. I've I've got a bit of a level of finish. I've got a bit of a bugbear with them. I get them for your think, line of work on the kitchens. Yeah, but I, I keep joking about when people have got um, um people are doing a windowsill with scuff X with them. I think, do you really need to use one on a windowsill for scuff X, a seventy-five mm-hmm. quid brush? Yeah. You know, yeah. I think kitchens yeah. and Zach Kenny sort of stuff have got the place. Yeah. You know, but I think other than that, it's it's a gimmick, you know, for a windowsill that's, you know, you can roll it on with decent roller and it'll level out. It's expensive paint. It does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably have been uh, guilty of using one on a on windowsill. Yeah, but you've already um, gone for your line of work, but I've seen people buying them just to do windowsill. I think it's an expensive yeah. brush for a windowsill. It is, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they've, they've been a big game changer for us. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, the level of finish that you can achieve. I've got some flat ones on, Van. I can't go wrong with them. But the sash, mm. I, I love the sash brushes. They're immense. I've got about yeah. three or four I use regular of, of their sash brushes, but the flat ones, I just can't go on with them. Yeah, no, they're, they're quite thick, aren't they? The flat. Are they the ones you're talking about? Yeah. But, you talk- yeah, the, yeah. when they say flat, I mean just like a regular paintbrush style paintbrush. Paintbrush, yeah. The, they're quite a chunky yeah. stock, and I like that in oil-based, yeah. but it's rare it was oil-based. No. No, I've, um, yeah, I've, I've got a couple and I've tried them, and I, yeah, I haven't quite, quite worked out what I need them for yet. Yeah. I've, I think last time I used one was in Saddling Superdeck. And it just it just didn't perform. I don't know if it the paint, you know, wrong paint and brush combo, but there's that many f- different filaments out now in in yeah. Style Masters and any other brand. You're thinking, what suits me? You've got to find what bristle suits, what paints you'll use. And that's why it's never a one-brush yeah. 
fits all. No. no it can make a massive difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably a few years ago I wasn't, you know, as into the brushes as what I what I am now, but I still use a blaze quite a lot. Um I, I came off them when they started twisting. I use I've got some Vipers, but I'm not ever keen on them. I love Monarchs, been a Monarch user for about three or four years since Scott Barney got me on them. Mm. Uh, the Style Masters. I'll tell you what I've got. I've got some Blaze Sash brushes. They're pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's just the regular ones, twisted. Uh, I've got friends that use Coronas. I can't go on with Coronas. They've never worked great yeah, no, for me. I don't know. I use the Coronas. So generally with the, uh, the Blazes, we use them in, in one and a half. Yeah. And they don't kind of bend and twist as much, but yeah, in in Ticarilla Optiva, like in a two inch and stuff like that, it doesn't take long to start twisting, splaying, bristles falling out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we did start using the Monarchs. They done an angled, very similar to a Blaze. Yeah, but then they they pulled them from the UK. Yeah, they're back now, though. Aren't now they? they're back again. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know ever. Oh. I saw something where someone had had issues similar to the Blazers where I'm splaying. And I'm thinking, okay. the ones we got, the ones I got for the last four years, me and Scott have been clearing out home base. Whenever we went to home base, mm. I'd, I'd, I think one one time I got about 100 quid worth of Scott and posted them to him because they had load in mine. <laughs> They're like five quid a brush. I, I think I spent yeah. 250 quid on brushes. And, and Scott wow. bought 100 quid's worth. But I think the ones that we're getting over here now, are they the same as the Aussie ones? Or they made here under license? Or have they made a different brush for UK market and UK paints? Yeah. Yeah. So I found when we were using the Monarchs that were similar to the Blazes, they almost didn't have, they weren't thick, didn't have as many filaments in them. Yeah. But they seemed easier to wash out. So yeah. They didn't quite as heavy um and yeah i've seen on instagram recently that they're back um and they've slowly been releasing the different ones on my paintbrush and some of the others yeah top deck i think it is i think but, my, my favorite um, one is it's an angled one it's called i think they call it a skirting brush it's it's got like a scallop out to each side at stock near feral okay. and then top of it's red yeah no. they're a cracking brush yeah, like I say, if you, if you put this, the one that we were using, next to a, a blaze, you probably wouldn't be able to tell much difference. <laughs> they were just an oval, but they just had less filament in them. I wonder and, why that um, is. Yeah. <laughs> both, both come yeah. from Australia. <laughs> Pro form. Is that Australian, is it? Yeah, from what I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, from what I was... I, I don't know how true it is, but I was told it was. Okay. Yeah, but... Um, so what's, so what's been your best investment work-wise? Probably my van. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know how long I've had that now. Probably about seven or eight years. Bought a BW Transporter that was nearly new. Um, yeah, it's, it's done me good. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like Volkswagens, but I think there are a lot of money I'd be scared to death of getting it mucky. They are a lot of money, um, yeah. but like I said, I've had this van some time, and it's still holding pretty good value. 
Yeah, they, they do. I know somebody that bought a camper van. Uh, they bought it eight years ago and they've just sold it for two grand more than what they paid for it. <laughs> yeah, the camper van market through the roof, isn't it? There, I mean, we we bought one about two months ago um, and apparently now they're dropping a bit again. But we, we picked up... Man's basically the same as my work van. I've got a Nissan Primastar, which is a Renault Traffic, and then our camper yeah. van's a Renault Traffic Sport. It's just okay. a foot longer because it's longer wheelbase. You know, I've got yeah. aircon and a few extras on it. Um, but it's, it's how many can you sleep in that? Two. It's just got it's, it's just day van, rock and roll bedding bag. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. Mad Ralph wanted to do caravanning because she grew up caravan. Okay. All that, no chance. Best you're gonna get is a camper. So I went for a day van, and the idea was to get it in. Part of his five-year plan from this thing, man coach, we was going yeah. to get it in five years when kids are grown up and they don't want to come with mum and dad because it's not cool. And well, I was just going to say, right, I've got a week off next month where we go, go off touring somewhere. We want to do NC500 at Scotland. We're looking at France next year, actually. Um, but we're like, like, oh, bugger this. We're, we're going to wait five years. Let's just do it now. If it's not for us, we can sell it. So we had a look and one come up. It's, I mean, it's what? It's about 14 year old. Still in, because they're, they're known as a, a poor man's Volkswagen because okay. it's, they're, they're a good van, but they haven't got the, the badge tax and they're not fully galvanized. They're galvanized dips so they don't get rusty quick. Uh, and it, it's, yeah, it's 14 years old, but the back of it was brand new converted. So, How many miles is that done? 180. Wow. Yeah, but you'll you look at how many Renault traffic minibuses there are. You, you go on owners thing on Facebook, they're like 350,000 miles on them, still going. Still going. You know, the Nissan engine, aren't they? Yeah. Jap engines, can't go on with a Jap engine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a decent van. So I, I, I mean, we're not going to get much use this year because we've already got all of these books. We've just had one, I've got three others. But we've still got four years to use it. Like I said, we've, I don't think we're doing... We are doing holiday abroad because we're looking at France next year, but I don't think we're doing usual. We're looking at just driving across to France and doing that for a bit. You know, Even a bit just for, you know, going out for the day down to the... Well, you live near the coast, don't you? But Yeah, I'm, I'm literally, what, quarter mile from sea. Yeah. So drive down there, it? <laughs> no, we, we go a bit further up coast. We've got like Dolby Forest, Scarborough, Whitby. We even just yeah. go for a day out and we've pulled up and sat and had fish and chips in back. But because we ain't got a dog anymore, we're not tied with dogs, so we can go out for a full day. I think yeah. first weekend we got it, we went out to Dolby Forest, went about nine in the morning, we got back about ten at night. Because like I said, we didn't have to be back, but we pulled up at Flamborough, fish and chips in back, because it's got table and everything, and sat and watched Lighthouse come on and enjoyed view as sun went down. You know, it's yeah. just, just going out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not sure camper vans for me. We do go camping, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, my wife would probably want a really expensive, shiny camper van that I can't afford. So a Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, another yeah, Volkswagen. Mine. Put, put it down as a work van. <laughs> yeah, mine's only short wheelbase though, so uh, yeah, it doesn't really work. Man's man's a new work van. It just happens to have a, a fold out bedding bag, it's a crew crew cab, <laughs> <laughs> so I can sleep on jobs. 
<laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> so, do to, talking of holidays and getting out and about, do you have an end game or an exit plan to get out, or you just go till you drop, sort of thing? Um, yeah, I don't know. Am I getting into property? Um, you know, quite lucky or done quite well with the houses we've had and into Cambridge, so got plenty of equity in the house yeah um so, so there is there is room there to do something um so yeah yeah maybe that again it's going yeah, back to if you've got a good, te- good good team in it like we're talking pre-record if you've got a good team the decorators but when you're doing property you need a good team of tradesmen don't you yeah that's half your battle if you're flipping them yeah yeah yeah, I've got some. Um, I've got some good tradesmen friends that do a good job. Um, generally, all kind of help each other out. So, I've probably got enough to 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 see me through to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's just see what happens with the property prices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are they going to go up? Are they going to drop? Somebody I talked to today says, "Oh, I'm welcoming the recession." I says, "Why?" I says it'll be price of paint down. And stuff will drop in price a bit. I'm yeah. thinking, is it? <laughs> it's on about doing protests on motorway now of at fuel prices, aren't they? And blocking motorways. I filled a van up yesterday, 160 quid. Beginning of the year, you could fill it up for 100 quid, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you don't go anywhere. Man, man, has, man doesn't have the gauge on it, has the bars, the LED bars. Yeah. I put 50 quid in. Week before I went on holiday, two bars. It used to do half a tank, which were four, five bars. It does two bars now. I think, God, man, I don't, I don't drive anywhere unless I really have to. Yeah, you know. But add, add yeah, it onto your job. Earlier, isn't it? People are starting to watch, yeah. watch their money a lot more carefully now. Well, that's it. It's, it's like everything: paint going up, your sundries going up. People say, "Oh, customer pays for it." They do, but customers go budget and then. Little increases here and there can push you over your bu- over their budget. You know they've, they've got an idea. Mrs. Jones wants front room and She's thinking, I want to be paying about seven hundred quid. You're adding up price to an expensive tape paint that's gone up thirty percent. You know, plastic's gone up for masking. That's gone up. That might take you up to seven hundred and eighty quid. You've gone over budget. You're not going to get the job. Job. Yeah. You know they're going to go with somebody else that's that bit cheaper. Somebody who's got lower bills can afford to work for less money, can't they? That's where it'll come down to. Yeah. Who, who can drop the yeah. price? Yeah. You know, and still turn the same quality of work out. I could drop my price in half and still live. I don't intend on doing, but <laughs> push come to shove, I could. Could. It's, yeah, I'm uh, not sure I could. Yeah. Certainly not in half, anyway. Yeah, well, well I say half. It used to be half until this year because my bills have gone up. I'd, I review mine every between every month and three months. My monthly outgoings, what all my bills are, and I think mine have gone up about three hundred quid this year. Gas, electric, council tax, water, sky—it's all crept up. So it's about three hundred quid. It used to be half my wage a month, but now That's it's right. a bit more. Netflix, first time, isn't it ever that they've been seeing subscriptions drop? I don't know. We we get through Sky TV. I pay fifty p a month for it through Sky. Oh, really? Yeah, that Sky. We used to have Netflix. We used to pay ten quid so we could have it on more than one device for kids. And then when we went to Sky Q, 
be a couple of years ago now. They're like, oh, we've teamed up with Netflix, Amazon Prime. And they're like, all oh, right, because Netflix, we're in other half's name, but Sky's in mine. I said, how do we do that? Oh, we just give you a code. You go in and Netflix, play it in, and it moves it across the sky, and it drops from 10 quid a month to 50p a month, included in your Sky bill. Wow. So we do with that now, and have it through Sky. It just yeah, comes we're on up Virgin. On, yeah. um, I can access Netflix through Virgin. But yeah. Matt, Matt be working in Virgin, Nicole. Yeah. So see if they do similar. But uh, is there any takeaways you can give to the listeners? Any valuable advice? Besides get a good accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess it goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, just just find what it is that you want to do, you yeah. know, the work that you want to be doing and, and, and just focus in, you know, all of your efforts on, on, on finding that work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's it, really. The the big things now when you listen to a podcast seems to be find your niche and what is your why. That's all I keep hearing. Yeah, why are you doing it and find a niche? Yeah, yeah. That comes back to all this uh, business coaching and life coaching. Why, yeah. isn't it? What's your why? Yeah. For me, for my family and for holidays. That's mine. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More money, more holidays. To spend with my family and create memories. Simple. Exactly, yeah. 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 So you, you, you look old enough to remember this. No, no offence. Room 101. Three things you'd been because they annoy you. Um, shit tradesman. <laughs> it's got to be up there. Like just, just some of the work that, that some people leave for decorators. It's, it's just truly shocking. I just, yeah. yeah. Decorate or sort that yeah. love with a bit of cork. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's just so poor. Some of the work that you see that you turn up and, and someone's done and um, that you have to try and make it right. It's just absolutely shocking. So, yeah, that would be one of the first ones. What, um, one I'm on today, it's a, I don't know if it still is a council house or ex council house. And they have stupid sized doors up here on council houses. They're not the average sized doors. So it's got the, I call them Barrett doors. You know, the six panel with fake grain on. And the okay, pre primed yeah. bit. So it's like a pale grey primer. Yeah. Well, because these council doors are stupid size, whoever's fitted them has put a piece of 2B1 across top, doubt leading edge and bottom edge. No filler or nothing. So you've got a door with fake grain on and then a one inch strip all the way around edge. That's PSE. What are you gonna do with that? That shocking shit is that. Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, I, I can't do a lot with it. All I can do is fill it to hide the gap where it's screwed to the door, and that's it. I can't put a fake grain on it, can I? Yeah. You know, but customers are happy when they did them. It's what customers are happy with. You know, it's... as far as they're concerned, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just um, you know, like skirt the gaps. The skirt at the tops of skirting boards, um, yeah. gaps down the side of architraves. When when like they stick the skirting mil. board on, we grip fill it all splurges out at top, and they just leave it or yeah. run the finger along because they think it's like cork. Well, yeah, or well, the mitres, you know, are just are not lining up. It, it, 
know, the amount of work and feeling to try and sort that out. And the my, my quality pe- of my pet is is mitres where they're stepped. Right, is, yeah. is, is put put a nail behind it at top, ease it forward, and then put one through mitre at corner so that at least they sit flush with each other. Each other, yeah. Yeah. He's got something to work with. Yeah. It's... Um, um, yeah, it's pretty shocking. So yeah. there's that. Um, the other one would be silicon. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> The stuff is just, I don't know, it's just awful. I'm sure, you know, it's got its uses. Yeah. Um, but again, to go back to new builds or, you know, where Buddha's been involved, got a freshly plastered bathroom. I put a vanity case in there, it worked top. And before it's been miscoated or painted, it's silicon, clear silicon around the edge of it. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? Have to rake it out, aren't you? Yeah. And then where where, yeah. your, knife, where your knife blades cut into the plaster, you've then got to fill plaster, level it off, and then paint it and get them to resilicon it. <laughs> yeah. Or another another use that it gets used for is uh, fixing down uh, worktops, right yeah. worktops, and um, then you go to paint it, and you see that they've smeared it all around the end panel, all over the face of the door. So you've got to try and get all that residue off. It's up there with tradesmen that screw MDF windowsills in, accounts in come and screw them. Yeah. That, that's another one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's uh, bad practice. Yeah. So silicon, shite tradesmen, and um, lazy estimators from these building companies. Do you often get the emails come through? You get those what off, offering uh, to estimate getting, work? Yeah, you, you know you don't. You've never heard from them before. There's, they've not called you to see if you're interested in this work, and it's just an email that just comes through. Sort of saying here's all the sort of one of my pet peeves at the moment is LinkedIn, where okay. somebody wants to connect and join your network, and then. As soon as they've connected, they've not liked any of your stuff. They've not introduced themselves. They just drop you a, a, a direct message offering the services. And you think, okay. is that right? You're not even making an effort, you know, of liking your yeah. work or commenting on your stuff. Bit of etiquette. Yeah, so I'll just get emails come through. Never heard of the company before. Send through all the details, everything they want quoting. Um, Send them an email back saying, don't do that kind of work. You obviously miss that invoice, that email. And then they're harassing you for a price. Yeah. And it, it's just, yeah, you'd think they would at least phone you just to see if you're interested. Matt Man seems to be at the moment countless emails offering me SEO getting me to the top of Google or rebuilding my yeah. website. That seems to be a regular one at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get those too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, where we're talking to websites, where can we find you online and social media? Obviously, so, I know you're on Instagram. Yeah, so on Instagram, we have Prime Finish Cams. Um, on Facebook as well, it, it's kind of linked through with the Instagram page. So that's the same, Prime Finish Cams. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a website. Um, 
www.unfinishedcambridge.co.uk. We'll, we'll stick them all in show notes so uh, people can look you up if they want to if they want to follow you or connect her out. But um, hobby wise, from what I've uh, you you you're into a bit of running, aren't you? You drop your lad off and go running. I do drop my lad off and go running. Yeah, just try and stay active and try and yeah stay fit. Definitely not a natural runner. Yeah, um, yeah. Won't be breaking any land speed records. Um, but yeah, I'll get out there and yeah, try and burn a few calories in the morning. I, I used to, but I can run on a treadmill, but I struggle on hard surfaces. It just, my knees end up getting jarred. I'm pretty flat footed. Yeah. So, so I struggle, I struggle with my hip. Um, so I was getting pain in my hip from running. I changed my running style slightly and went more onto my toes. Yeah. And that seems to alleviate the hip issue. Um, so, yeah, that, I wouldn't really call it a, a hobby. I, I wouldn't even say that I really enjoy it that much, but it's just <laughs> just getting out there and staying active. Yeah. Um, I, I used to do a bit of um, like boxing and tie boxing and, and a bit of MMA. Um, but with the children and constantly being out, running them round and back forth and all the other things that Olivia does, I just don't have the time. Do, do you find, don't have the time. Do you find kids have got a better social life than you? <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. Because you're forever taxing yeah. them about. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, backwards and forwards. Like William is literally just backwards and forwards to the pool. Um, he used to do football and various other things, but once you get to a certain level with the swimming, they kind of expect you to to solely focus on, on that one. Yeah, on that one thing. Um, Liv is still doing lots of other stuff: um, gymnastics, tennis, horse riding. Um, but yeah, as as she kind of progresses up through the the swim squads, she'll be uh, expected she'll be to focus doing. on that and that only. Only, yeah. are, are you one of them parents that stands there shouting at them while they're doing it come on <laughs> no no <laughs> push your parent um, yeah it, it does happen and yeah there's there's definitely some characters at poolside yeah um, yeah uh, some of the galas um, I don't know you, you get a bit of shouting um, yeah but yeah, it's it's normally pretty tame. But if you go to some of the galas down London Way, Essex Way, sometimes they can get a little bit carried away. We we've got very vocal. I mean, man, do swimming lessons, but even there, you get we all know them. They're mums from school, and they say, yeah. "Oh, just give it a rest, will you? Let the kids enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, just yeah. give them a break. Every now and again, we get a kind of. Um, an email come through from the swim club, you know, just um, just reminding parents, you know, that the coaches are there to coach. Uh, yeah. Don't need the parents helping. Yeah, that's that's what I mean when I said their mums at swimming lesson. Yeah. You know, they're shouting across at kids in pool and I'm thinking, what are you paying the instructor for? Yeah. <laughs> so going going back to socials and insta, who are you digging on Insta at the moment? Um, 
uh, you know Saxby, Carl Saxby? Yeah, he's booked in for a podcast in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's very local to me. So I live in Cambridge. He's Ely, so he he does a bit. He does a fair bit of work in Cambridge. Um, so yeah, follow him. He does some some nice work, a lot of spraying work. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, one of the kitchen companies that we do work for, Chardon. They do do some nice stuff on Insta. Um, not just um, you know hand finished uh, kitchens. They do their own kind of spray stuff as well, to a really high standard. Um, yeah, don't know. Really, that's the yeah. two that kind of popped into my head. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I was quite late onto the to the Instagram bandwagon, I guess. I was still over on Facebook. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. Facebook's dying to a degree. Yeah. Or for what what we use it for, it's dying. I mean, Instagram, I joined Instagram about eight years ago. But okay. only the last few years, I've sort of been more active on it. When it first came out, I, well, not when it first came out, when I was first aware of it, I registered. Never did anything for years because I couldn't get it. You know, I couldn't get my head around it, but now I prefer it to Facebook. Yeah, I heard lots of people talking about it and never really, I just didn't, didn't even really register and then kind of had a look and didn't really know what I was doing very early on. Um, but yeah, I've probably only really been active on it last year, year and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, it's um, it's been great to have you on, and thanks for giving your time up on an evening because it's what nearly eleven o'clock. Yeah, well, yeah. thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great to finally get you on. But uh, yeah, cheers. I appreciate that. You're a star. Cheers, Chris. Nice one. Cheers. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts as we delve into people's lives and stories, whether it be the ups, downs, wins, and losers. We've all been there in some shape or form, and we aren't alone. I'd really appreciate it if you're enjoying these, if you could show your support by subscribing, sharing, and maybe even leaving us a cheeky review on iTunes.